Well, folks, welcome to One More Edition Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today. Que vamos a tener? Well, hey, Rodnin is in the house. I thought you were going to be out, buddy. Let's see what he says. Egberto got home from the dentist a few minutes ago. Was actually expecting to be late today. Anyway, I've got a couple of long ones plus an image for the screen. Okay, we'll get to that. Welcome aboard. Who's here with us so far? Yvette Avery Harrod says, I saw how to send stars today. Whoop, whoop. All right. Thank you, my friend. Melanie Keelan says, Hola, ¿qué tal? Yo te digo también, mi amiga Melanie, ¿cómo está usted también? Uh, the seven minutes with Q podcast is in there. He says, yo, what's up? I don't know. Yo, what's up? All right. Bridge MCP is in the house. Paul Fleming is in the house. Alistair Waters says, hello, everybody. And we also have Ken Masestaki. Para ver, para ver, para ver. Peggy Lopez. La preciosa con el pelo rosado. The beautiful lady with the pink hair is in the house. We have... Trish Robinson. Hi, Egberto. You know I'm here to discuss healthcare. You go, girl. I'd love to hear that stuff. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Man, I got two stories for you. I'm going to start with the first one. That's actually a positive story. And then the second one is going to be the one with Chuck Pinaccio. You guys know Chuck is with One State's Solution. But it's great hearing from you, Trish. Great to hear from you. Great that you're doing fine and that you're able to be here with us. Muchísimas gracias. We also have Deb Denny who says, hello, Deb Denny. I should have called out Deb and Bridge first. You guys were the first one to post something online. But anyhow, let's start with Michael Rodden, which says, The Guardian UK. Temperature smash records in U.S. went as brutal head, head wave continues. Records broken in Sacramento and Reno while California closed to order and roll in blackouts to ease strain and power grid. Temperatures began soaring last week and reached records in various parts of the region. California state capital Sacramento on Tuesday hit an all-time high of 116 degrees, breaking a 97-year-old record, six places in San Francisco Bay Area and Central Coast. I got to remember, all-time record practicing temperatures, including Santa Rosa, with 115 Fahrenheit in neighborhood Nevada, 106. Tuesday was its hottest day ever recorded in September and smashed the previous record of 96 degrees in 1944. It came within two degrees of an all-time high for any day of the month, 108 degrees. Sat, what's that one there? Let's see. Come on, Mouse. Come back to me. Uh, let's see what, what else we got here. Uh, it said in July 22nd and equaled in 2007. Okay, the thing is, we got very high temperatures all over. The grid was ultimately able to withstand this perilous stress test, even though the peak electricity demand in 52,061 megawatts for um, above the previous high of 50.27 megawatts set in 24, 2006. Infrastructure investment can't wait 
much longer. Look, I'm not going to finish that, but I just want to say this, guys. Think about this. Um, we sit here and fight about ridiculous stuff when nature doesn't care whether we agree, disagree, or whatever. Nature is going to do what nature is going to do. And we get these people not worrying about it, these people just fighting about it, what's going to happen. So, folks, what we have to do as citizens is, first of all, come together. All sides have to come together and just say, we want you to do X, Y, and Z. And you know what? Electricity doesn't know if it's going into a left-wing or a right-wing home or what. It doesn't know what it's doing. It's just there. All right. Michael Renzer, Chris Ontario. Chris Ontario tweeted this image. The story should be, what happened at 6 to save our asses? My hunch is that... Let me see what that, that is about, just to be sure. Uh, okay. Let's, let's go here and see. I don't know what happened at 6. Anybody wants to tell me what happened at 6 with the demand where it took a big plunge? Chris Ontario says, what happened at 6 to save our asses? My hunch is that's when the Cal OES alert went out on cell phones all over California. And people were like, oh, turn off the lights. That was a big dip for real. Look at how it tracked. Yep, that was a big dip in the California use of electricity. Got it, Rodden. Thank you for bringing that up. That's a cute thing to show. All right, let's continue. Common dreams. Deeply alarming. Files seized from Trump include documents on foreign nations' nuclear capacity. Derek Johnson, managing partner of Global Zero, a campaign supporting the total abolition of nuclear weapons, said in a statement late Tuesday that if you're feeling unified, unsettled about these new revelations, it's important to keep in mind that sitting beneath that feeling is nuclear weapons. Johnson continued. Uh, my mouse went again. But the fact these secrets are about weapons that can kill hundreds of millions of people is orders of magnitude more consequential. Nuclear weapons expose Americans and the world to an acceptable high and, as we're seeing tonight, unpredictable risks. That part of the story can't be overlooked, and it's what makes it alarming. It's always worth noting that the man who carted off state secrets on a foreign nation's nuclear capability is the same one who had absolutely authority to launch a nuclear attack at any time and is doing everything he can to regain power. There's three possibilities serious regarding Trump's flippant disregard for nuclear weapons. Trump left our allies' nuclear capabilities out in the open as our allies coordinated their, uh, their strategy and posture that gives away foreign policy intent. Result being, our allies will no longer believe our nation can keep secrets. Two, Trump let our rival nation's nuclear capabilities out in the open. This has the potential to get back to those nations will know that know about them, potentially revealing means a methods, including any confidential informants we have in their ranks. This would be almost the most damaging. Trump let a nuclear developing nation progress towards building the bomb out in the open, nearby nations who might not want that country to get the bomb might start a war over in order to delay the degrade and outcome. Continued, continued, continued. Look, what Trump is doing is abominable. And every Republican as well should be coming out and saying how abominable it is. Unfortunately, they won't because, again, ideology and peer pressure is keeping too many of them, uh, well, you know what, 
at least we have some good ones that are out there trying to do things. All right, let's see. Thumbs up, everybody. If you're on YouTube, please remember to give us those thumbs up. Uh, please, please, uh, para ver. Okay, let me see if I have any more to, to get to before I get to the first video. All right, Bridge MCP says, Michael Rundin, it's about homosexuality. Let's see what was that about. Notorious judge rejects coverage of groundbreaking HIV drugs. I'm going to be talking about that, Bridge. A federal judge in Texas has ruled that a provision of the Affordable Care Act that mandates free coverage of certain drugs that prevent HIV infections violate the religious belief of Christian-owned company. The litigation has been spending for more than two years. A group of Texas residents and employers filed suit against ACA's preventative care mandates. And the judge, so it's a judge in this circuit, this conservative circuit. All right, Eric Hayes says, question, had the lady that got violently kidnapped on Friday been carrying a gun while jogging, do you think she would have, uh, have been deceased now? Yeah, the guy would have probably got her from behind before she could get a chance to use her gun and then used her gun as a weapon on her. So, you know, this, the, the silliness of thinking that guns are the answers to everything is just that. Silly. And you know what doesn't, what doesn't show that it's, it's a solution? Reality. Reality is we are the most armed country in the world. And we still have rape and all these things occurring to both armed and unarmed people. So guns, anybody who are using all these silly, childish, mindless excuses to make believe that somehow giving every American a gun is somehow going to make help. The only people get help by giving every American a gun? You know who is it? The gun manufacturer. And that's why they don't want studies to show exactly what these studies that are done outside show. Gun manufacturers are criminal, and I think until we start holding them criminally responsible for all the deaths of Americans by guns, just like we held the tobacco company uh, responsible, it's going to continue. We have to start changing our laws to let them pay the price for the carnage that they've caused. That's what we need to do. Question from uh, Eric on CNN's going to get rid of their leftist. What CNN is trying to do is... False equivalences. That's why they got rid of uh, Harwood. That's why they got rid of uh, the the other guy. And they're probably going to keep getting rid of folks who continue to say, we're going to call a spade a spade. Because the new guy, the new billionaire who runs uh, CNN wants to have both sides. If this side says this, the other side says this, irrespective of who is right or wrong. Uh, that's criminal and that's what's created Trump. That's what created the... The, the uh, spy thing that, well, you know, the breach in our security. We can go on and on and on and on. Okay, let's see where else we go from here. Carl Cox says medical industry is corrupt. Yes, it is. Uh, okay, let's go ahead and, oops, I didn't load the documents. I was racing to get the show on, but I'm going to put, the first video on, which is this one is going. The first one is going to be a positive video, uh, but with 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 some caveats. I met her at the Bridge Alliance at Evernorth Health Services. We believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line. It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. 
That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Convention where we tr- brought people of every ideological device together and we just spoke and spoke and spoke. So let's go ahead and play. Well, let me get the other, the other view, interview loaded as well. And then let's go ahead and play the first interview. Let's go now. Welcome to Politics Done Right. We are here with Lisa Rice. Lisa, uh, I interviewed somebody today, and it's great that I'm interviewing you as well. Uh, he had a health care in the United States. He also had health care in Canada. Of course, Canada has a more of a centralized healthcare system by province. We have insurance companies with middle persons and people are selling and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I want to get your opinion as somebody who has been vested in our system, having had a and recent issue. Please feel free to talk about it if you will. Uh, what do you think is the state of our healthcare system after going through what you've gone through? Oh, um, that's wow. Okay, so the background is um, I am a cancer survivor. Um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in. 2017, um, have had multiple related and unrelated surgeries um, to get rid of the cancer, to get rid of other organs that might spread the cancer, et cetera, without going into too much detail. But um, I am lucky. I am not independently wealthy, but I have health insurance, really good health insurance. And so I was able to pick and choose my care teams. I, I, and I'm very picky. I interviewed four different care teams at four different hospitals before I decided on the care team I wanted. Um, so I make no um, mistake in understanding that I'm very privileged, very privileged. Um, I'm the vice chair of the board of directors for the National Coalition for cancer survivorship. And I happened to be at a dinner just last night with um, several um, ambassadors that that we have. And these are volunteer advocates from all over the country and we are funding them because they have programs that they've created in their minds and they've come together and we're, we're gonna help send them on their way with their funding to, to build these programs. And um, I sat by a woman who had been diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, and she was saying that she lost her care team when she moved to a different state, and she can't see the scans because in Nevada they don't have um, they don't have the same level of requirement for clarity of scans, so the scans that she's receiving in Nevada aren't even clear enough for her provider to understand. And she has health insurance, but, you know, and, but we have so many people that don't have health insurance. We have so many people who are just, I mean, the state, what was your question? <laughs> like, <laughs> I get really no, no, I, no, I, I want you to but, continue because you're right on point. I keep t- telling that story That's imp- because, because I'll this, come in after. I mean, the state of our, our, our healthcare in this country is it's, it's miserable um, unless you're independently wealthy. And even if you're independently wealthy, if you don't have an advocate 
you could be getting substandard care, but you're just writing a check for it and think you're, you're getting the best care. The, one of the reasons I wanted that is you have good health insurance and not only do you have good health insurance, you, got a, you had good outcomes because you were able to select a team. You realize that you're a privileged person and being able to have all of that Absolutely. and realize that you're in less than a 10% of what America has. And uh, you, as an individual, acknowledges that we do have issues with our healthcare system. Um, are you an advocate for something like Medicare for All? You know, I can't speak to Medicare for all because I haven't really studied it, but I okay. will say, you know, you know, Medicare as the coverage system, I, I'm not familiar right. enough to say that. I will say that I want every person in this country to have access to health care. Is that Medicare? I don't know. I don't That's know the mechanism, but I believe that everybody, everybody in this country should be a healthy body. Lisa Rice, Lisa Rice, thank you so kindly <laughs> for being on Politics Done Right. You're welcome. Let me tell you the purpose of bringing somebody that has perfect health insurance uh, in this debate. Believe it or not, one of the folks, what, the group of people that most prevent us from going to a system like Medicare for all, one that supports everyone, are the people right now who think they have very good insurance. As you can see, Lisa had such good insurance that she could pick and choose the team that would give her her care. And her outcomes were directly proportional to the care she was able to get. Most Americans, most women that went through what she's gone through because I've known many of them, their HMO, their PPO restricted their choices, restricted their drugs, restricted their ability to do all that was right for their care, for their care unfortunately the same people who are getting good care right now too often that is usually the target of the healthcare industry in turning them against medicare for all or uh healthcare for all or whatever you want to call it now she's she's not the type who knows about the medicare for all no, so she should. We should have done a better job that somebody like her would also know because she's a strategist. Somebody like her should know what Medicare for All is, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact that we can start getting people who have or who believe they have the perfect health care. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Say yes. I want 
everybody to have the health care that I was awarded. I want all to have the health care that I was awarded. Eric Hay, good deal, Breach. Let's see what else. Let's see some responses we got here. Um, my sister has, Breach MCP says, my sister has a rare form of cancer. So rare it's not really studied. A 20% survival. Her employer let her stay on insurance. Then then cut her ear off. Pig money for everything. Why did her... <laughs> uh, Bree says, but now two and a half years. Chemotherapy, two weeks. She was declared cancer-free. Again, she had some options. Trish Rob, uh, Robinson says, that's great, Bridge. In response to Bridge, Melanie Keelan says, everybody should have a healthy body. And the great thing about it, Melanie, is you know about that. You are in Spain. Guess what Spain has? Healthcare for everybody. Everybody has good healthcare in, in Spain. You know, I mean, uh, it may not be that the higher end can go to a Cadillac hospital room. But they have great health care. You know? I continue. Carl Cox says, free universal health care for all Americans is the best policy for all Americans. Letting the health care industry and insurance companies make windfall profits on the backs of Americans is wrong. It is on, it's anti-life. It is criminal. It is immoral. It costs more. And it makes it turns your health issues into something for the state into a profit, uh, not for the state, uh, into a profit center for the evil. All right, let's go now with Chuck Pinaccio, and then we'll go ahead and take this on the other side. Welcome to a live edition from Politics Done Right at Netroots Nation 2022. Today, once again, we bring you one of the great activists out here. Uh, we have Chuck Pinaccio out of Pennsylvania, right? Yes, Out of yes. Welcome to Politics Done Right. And you are the leader, the director of One States, or One Pair States, correct? Correct. OnePairStates.org. OnePairStates.org. First of all, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll go into uh, One Pair States. Sure. Yeah. Great pleasure to be with you, Egberto, here in Pittsburgh. Um, I'm living here now, actually. Uh, Sharpsburg, just across the river. Great nice. working class town. Really sweet people in this area. It's wonderful to be at Netroots Nation, to network, get to know other folks, um, and building the power that we need to win. Right. So One Pair States is a, it's an organization that has been around since 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, we formalized our group as a C4 organization, as a political organization, four, year, four and a half years ago. Um, and we're geared up to uh, winning universal health care. At the state level, we'd like to get it adopted. One, two, three, four states model it as a, as a successful program, and then go national with it. Similar to the way Canada got to right. single pair, one Sus- province at a time. That's right. Started yeah. in Saskatchewan. Right. All the other provinces looked at it jealously, said, "We want to do that too. Right. Healthcare for everybody. Right. Cheaper, better. Helps the economy. Right. Helps people." So it's really a very powerful uh, movement that we've got involved here. You know, it's interesting because we are behind the curve. You, you know, one of the things I think in, with our country is that we have a tendency, uh, because we have this innate feeling of exceptionalism, right. we think we have to be the originators of everything that's good. When all over the OECD, that's these the, the these industrialized nations, we've seen that... Um, they all have some form of 
one payer, single payer system in some form or the other. That's right. That is successful. And, you know, yesterday, uh, Chuck, I interviewed uh, a, 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 a person from Canada who naturalized American and moved back in his older years to Canada for the health care. And I asked him specifically if their system was better. And he said, I wouldn't talk about systems being better. I, as an engineer, we just speak about the different issues. And then I said, um, how do you judge better? And he said, uh, well, I don't know. And I said, well, I judge better based on the outcome of the population in general. And every single of these countries have not just a small, better outcome uh, health-wise, but economic-wise for all their citizens. So the job that you're doing is very important in educating folks uh, doing it. So what is your plan as far as getting out there and making sure that this comes from the bottom up because the top down will never happen. Right. Well, we do need to create a mass movement and that involves connecting all generations, all issues and all and all policies, social justice policies. So it's not just healthcare justice, actually, that we're talking about. Right. That's our lead issue. But it also has to be about health justice. Mm-hmm. And health involves policing. It involves climate. It involves quality jobs, neighborhoods, access to quality food, education, all issues. We need to, we need to bridge all of these. I call it bridging our people, our politics, and our policies, the three Ps people, politics, and policies, and that's the pathway to achieving justice for all, true justice for all. And that's really the promise of America that we have not been living up to, especially over the last 50 plus years when I've been organizing. I've been doing this this work for 50 years. I want to interrupt you for one second because I want our audience to also know that you ran for Senate here in Pennsylvania, correct? Right. And uh, so this isn't something new for you. You've been out there reaching out to people with... uh, we're trying to establish good policy for quite some time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in running, you know, I ran very much a Bernie style campaign, mm-hmm. you know, before people were familiar with Bernie right. Sanders. But I was a Bernie crap before it was a thing. Right. And uh, running an issue centered campaign got people very excited. Right. We created a grassroots movement, not only around the around my Senate race, but that evolved into what is now Healthcare for all Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. which then evolved into one pair of states, mm-hmm. which is a coupling of all of the state organizations, 22 and all right that are working on achieving universal health care at the state level and right now the northwest is where the the, the best opportunity is really washington and oregon. washington oregon yeah right yeah very and what other states are you working in i know pennsylvania is one of them oh even gosh. though your 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 congress your your house of representatives kind of well i think you guys do you call them house representatives or house of delegates here in pennsylvania it's a, the, the, the state house. Okay, the state yeah. house, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know it may be a bit difficult. Representatives, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love what you just said about you You can't just work on one issue when we're talking about the well-being of people, the health care of people. You have to talk about all issues. And in that light, I think you have established a, a new summit, the Intergenerational Justice Summit. That's coming up on August 27th. Right. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Um, this, uh, the Intergenerational Justice Summit, it's not a one-off event. This mm-hmm. is a, this is a, a, it'll be a recurring event every right. few, every three months or so. Right. Um, and right now it's beginning informally 
among you you talked about bottom up right it's got to be organic we have right. to bring people into the room who can actually see the vision that we have which again is connecting all of our issues our people and our policies um and so this intergenerational summit is designed to bring in a whole diversity of folks across generations and uh, race, class, gender, um, geography, mm -hmm. and bring them all into the same room to have this conversation. And it all centers on shared values. They express shared what values. you think about. What, what do you express as shared values? How do you, what, what are shared values? Um, it's about love. Mm -hmm. It's about compassion. It's about caring for each other. Really, it starts there. I mean, I, I, re I reference it as radical hospitality, right. radical hope, right. and radical love. And that means hospitality is we're, we're, our, our hearts are open and we're welcoming of mm -hmm. everyone in the conversation. We're not judgmental. Mm -hmm. We're here to listen, right. intentionally listen to people and their concerns. And what ends up happening is the conversation always swings back around to, wow, I didn't realize mm -hmm. that you had those issues, those concerns. But then suddenly you realize the connection. The human connection is the most powerful thing that we have going for us. So radical hospitality, radical hope in a time right now when we are, we have to admit, you know, that we're in a, in a world of crisis. Right, right. We have got to admit this. But in order to overcome that, we have to think outside of our sort of traditional boundaries. Mm -hmm. You know, conventional politics are just not working. Our mm -hmm. institutions are broken in this country. We have to figure out a way to build mass movement and power to get our, our, our political leaders moving in the right direction. And if they're not moving, we need to replace them. Right. So, um, and in doing so, we have to be creative, mm -hmm. very creative. So I'm really thrilled at the work that's being done, especially among younger folks mm -hmm. who are willing to engage in occupation efforts to actually sometimes shame politicians mm -hmm. into doing the right thing. And it does work. Love, compassion. I love that you said that, hope. But I like the love and compassion so very much because... What our, what our economic system, what we have been uh, taught by so many because they have ulterior motives is those are things on the side that things have to work the way they're working right now without spirit, without heart, without, without thinking about humanity, if you will. That's right. And that you start, I mean, I, you know, I, I, that just kind of warmed me when you said, when I said, what are our, our values? And you say... Uh, we have to look at love. We have to look at uh, compassion. Can you really hurt somebody you love? Can you really hurt somebody or purposefully somebody you care about? No. And that's what's missing. In, Absolutely. Uh, that is what's missing in our system. We've been teaching people not to care about others' humanity. That's right. I mean, you know, this nation was founded in an effort to create something of a balance right. between democracy and the capitalism. Right. But capitalism is crushing our democracy right, right now. Predatory right. capitalism. The oligarchs are in charge. The right. billionaire class, they own the political system effectively. Right. right. And, you know, it was almost a miracle that we were able to get the legislative accomplishments right. we were last week. And this is, this is really... Uh, it's, it's a challenge, but it's an exciting moment too. Yeah. You know, out of crisis comes opportunity. And I think everyone needs to take a hard look in the mirror. You know, we look to others to be our leaders. We need to start looking in the mirror at ourselves. We need wow. to be the leaders. Yes. We need to be the leaders. And, and I, that's why, that's why, first of all, I love being here at Netroots. That's why I love uh, speaking to folks like you, because again, you are, you are sort of laying that path that, even a lot of folks in the younger generation can see, you know, they can see, oh, these older folks are seeing a lot of what we are 
what we've been trying to aspire for. Absolutely. You know, yeah. so so that is great. So um, tell us a little bit more about uh, how people can be a part of, of this uh, Intergenerational Justice Summit. Um, well, all the information is at onepairstates.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a virtual event. And we have a Zoom room capacity of a thousand people. Right. So it shouldn't be a problem. In, right. yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, people who are who who believe in the concept of universal transformative justice, which is delivering what we need, not just what we want, but what we need, just fundamentally to go forward as a society to heal ourselves right. as a society and to believe again in the American promise. Um, that's really fundamentally what this is about. But connecting younger people in particular, the millennial generation, mm-hmm. Gen Z generation, are the most progressive right. generation in our history. Right. And yet so many of them are disaffected, you know, feel like the system is broken. It's not working for them. And because who's to argue it, with that? It's, it's not working and it is broken. Exactly. Well, you know, folks, uh, please go to onepayerstates.org. Onepayerstates.org. And yes, uh, uh, Chuck is asking you to visit with them at the summit, but that's a few days. We want you to make onepayerstates.org a part of where you visit for us making change. Chuck Hanakio, thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. We hope you enjoyed that. Anyhow, uh, thank you for that uh, that teaser. Uh, Melanie Keaton, Clara Valverde writes about this in Necropolitics versus Radical Compassion. That would be, uh, that sounds like a darn good read. Love the conversation going on between uh, Bridge and Trish about uh, surviving uh, breast cancer. And there, there's one part of this that, um, oh, great, great. Um, give me some context. Uh, if, you, if you have better context than I do for her, uh, Melanie, I would love to do so, um, to interview uh, Miss Valverde, that is. Um, you know, I, I, there's something that, um, that tr- the, in looking at the conversation between Trish and and um, Bridge MCP that got to me because uh, Trish was talking about getting good care and Bridge and her folks got good care. And to hear this last line, good for you. It's not that they want, or rather Trish is claiming that she feels terrible for people who have, who wait. And Bridge says, good for you, but it's not that they wait so much as they cannot get the help. You know, we hear a lot of folks when we talk about Medicare for all and healthcare for all, etc. We hear a lot of people say, oh, but you know, if you think about Canada or all these places, there are waiting lines, all of that. None of that is true, right? The waiting occurs for non-essential. But if you have something like breast cancer diagnosed, you're getting into the system right away to get that taken care of. There's no waiting to see a specialist and all that kind of stuff at all. I gave you guys that interview with, um, with Mr. Um, uh, what's his name? Can't remember his name right now. But Usumeri, with Mr. Vic Usumeri, he came on here and he told his story about living under the American system and living under the Canadian system. Basically, the Canadian system, you stay alive. The American system, you die. Uh, when, when Trish is talking about feeling sorry for those who, uh, who, who couldn't make it, and we go ahead and talk about um, those who can't make it because we ration, but we ration in, a, in an even more evil way, right? 
we simply don't give health care. We let them fill out paperwork after paperwork, knowing that some people will just get tired of filling out the paperwork and throw their hands up in the air and leave themselves God knows what device. Or others, for the amount of time that it's taken them to get health care, would just outright die. And that's the expectation. I remember when a politician went on. The guy that I interviewed here several times, um, can't remember the name uh, uh, name of the politician, um, he, uh, want, Republic, that he, he pointed out the fact Republicans want you to die quickly. And uh, that, that is a whole scenario behind the American healthcare system. They want to ensure you, Alan Grayson, that's the name of the person, Alan Grayson. Uh, I, I wonder if I can find uh, that, that thing. Thank you very much for, that, for t- pointing that out. Oh, I've got that on my site, but I just found it on the Internet. And let me go ahead and play that for you because I think it is so important. Thank you, Madam Chairman. You may recall that a few weeks ago, President Obama came to this chamber and he addressed the chamber on health care before a joint session of the House and the Senate. During that session, I was privileged to be here, and I saw my colleagues on the far side of the aisle, the Republicans, waving pieces of paper during his speech. And I was wondering what they were. I couldn't imagine. It almost seemed like they wanted President Obama's autograph. I just didn't get it. I heard from one of my colleagues that this is what they called the Republican health care plan. I went over after the speech was over. I picked up a copy that was lying down on the Republican side. And it turns out that the Republicans' health care plan was a blank piece of paper. I inquired further, trying to find out exactly what the Republicans' health care plan is. And it's my duty and pride tonight to be able to announce exactly what the Republicans plan to do for health care in America. It's this. Very simply, it's a very simple plan. Here it is. The Republicans' health care plan for America don't get sick. That's right, don't get sick. If you have insurance, don't get sick. If you don't have insurance, don't get sick. If you're sick, don't get sick. Just don't get sick. That's what Republicans have in mind for you, America. That's the Republicans' health care plan. But I think that the Republicans understand that that plan isn't always going to work. It's not a foolproof plan. So the Republicans have a backup plan in case you do get sick. If you get sick in America, this is what the Republicans want you to do. If you get sick, America, the Republican health care plan is this. Die quickly. That's right. The Republicans want you to die quickly if you get sick. Now, the Democrats have a different plan. The Democrats say that if you have health insurance, we're going to make it better. If you don't have health insurance, we're going to provide it to you. If you can't afford health insurance, then we'll help you to afford health insurance. So America gets to decide. Do you want the Democratic plan or do you want the Republican plan? Remember, the Republican plan, don't get sick. And if you do get sick, die quickly. Thank you very much, Madam Speaker. I played that before, but every time I see that, it rings and rings and rings again. Every time I see that, I get upset. All right, let's, let's get to the, to the next major health story that we have here. And, that, and Bridge, I saw your message, and I am going to read it, my friend. I am absolutely going to read it. I didn't forget about you. How can I ever forget about Bridge MCP? So here we go with that story, if I can get to it. Uh, para ver, para ver. 
Well, I, I need to get to the story, but while I get to the story, I want to read something from Bridge. Uh, that she, she wanted, she thought that I wasn't going to get it out in time. As you all know, the HIV, and let me, let me go ahead as we speak here and get the judge, um, let's see, judge HIV. I want to find the article first of all before I read it. Um, actually, I think it was the Texas Tribune. Texas Tribune that had the article, uh, and I, I want to get to it so that I have it on the screen for you. There we go. That's the, that's the one on the screen. All right, let me find Bridge MCP's message because it's important for you to understand this. The point that she wanted to put out is, as the plaintiffs argued, this is why they want to deny, stop forcing insurance companies from giving the drug called Truvada, okay? It's as follows. As the plaintiffs argued, requiring people to pay for insurance plans that cover STD screenings and HIV prevention drugs will, quote, facilitate and encourage homosexual behavior, prostitution, sexual promiscuity, and intravenous drug use. So on that premise is why the judge is going to deny Americans a drug that will prevent them from getting contaminated by some sort of a fatal STD. Let's, let's be clear here. Everything that you hear these people that profess to be pro-life actually is pro-death. Let's start with abortion. States that restrict abortion, the women in those states have more pregnancies. They have, you name it, they, they have more poor outcomes for the babies, meaning the babies die. The babies that are born are born into lives of distress. Many of them die. Now we have these pro-lifers, these Bible thumpers, whatever you want to call them, deciding that they don't want insurance companies to have to provide a drug because that drug, in their opinion, will cause more promiscuity, will cause more homosexuality, and all these different issues. The mindset of these people that claim to be pro-life, they don't look at the numbers that say, well... If you let's let's say let's let's cop to what they're saying. It's what they're saying makes no sense. But let's say that Truvada is going to cause homosexuality and all these issues, right? Not giving Truvada does not stop homosexuality, does not stop prevention, I mean promiscuity, does not stop all those things they speak about, but what it does is it mean those that are engaged in that behavior will die. More of them will die. So these religious zealots that are nothing more than purveyors of evil, in effect, are supporting policies under the tenet of pro-life that actually causes more death. What gives? What gives? 
please tell me. And do you really think they care about that? Here's the reality. This is really a fight between insurance companies and drug companies, right? And the religious zealots are nothing more than the pawns in the game. Oh, create a religious reason why the insurance company doesn't have to pay the drug a whole ton of money for a drug that shouldn't cost what it costs. And who always suffers in these domains? The ones that always end up suffering are the average American citizens. The average American citizens. Um, let's see what we have here. Maywood says, yep, remember when they were trying to pass the ACA and they, then they tried to appeal it? Everyone asked, do you have a better plan? And then they all started waving papers. That turned out to be blank, like he is saying in this video. I remember that story well. I remember that story well. Bree says, these religious nuts seem to be really into sex. I mean... There are some states that, will, that still have laws on the books to not have sex with sheep. Now, if they had to make a law like that, what does it mean? But you know what's so interesting? You take a look at what goes on in the evangelical movement. You take a look at what goes on right here in Ed Young's church, who has a lot to say about, pro about progressives and, and liberals and all of that, right? But they won't prosecute the pedophiles that's pastoring in these churches. There are pastors, they, they won't allow, allow registries to follow these pedophiles, but yet they're worried about Truvada being able to be prescribed to people. Folks, we have to speak up. We have to tell, we have to tell the stories correctly because what happens is this. Oh, they go to church on Sundays and they tell us, oh, we, want, we don't want promiscuity, we don't want homosexuality, we don't want these things. So these drugs are going to, and, and, and they create this alternate state of reality without pushback, right? And what is the pushback to these evangelicals? These evangelicals are killing people. These evangelicals are killing women. These evangelicals are doing these things. And we have to point out the other side. Otherwise, people think, oh... Yeah, they may be strict, but you know, they're Christians and they want to save lives. No, they're evil. They're causing the deaths of people. And we have to articulate it that way. As long as we just let it pass, their evil will continue. Peggy says, proof death rather than medical care. I thought that this is a capitalist country. Well, you know, it is a capitalist country. And when your source of production is no longer productive, they generally get rid of it. A sick human being is a, a, for, a, a, for a, productive, a, a unit of production that is malfunctioning and that actually costs the, 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 the capitalist society. So remember that. Sickness. A sick body. Just like when, when you had slavery, right? The reason why the slave owner wanted to either keep... There were several things that were occurring. They wanted to get rid of the rebellious ones that may infect the other slaves to let them fight for their freedom. So that's why they castrated them, killed them, and did the most evil thing to their bodies. They, they, could have, they created the definition of evil, those slave owners. Now, they also wanted to keep them 
fairly healthy so that they could still do a day's work. But if they couldn't do a day's work and they were rebellious, the only thing good for them is death. Because otherwise, in a capitalist society, they're just costing. In a capitalist society, they're not humans, they're just cost. And you know, all these great folks that are running around the place trying to protect capitalism and try to say capitalism is freedom, forget that most important tenet. If you are a sick person and somebody can't make a profit off of you. Now, a sick person, a hospital can make a profit off of you, but you cost an insurance company money. Who wins? I know who will always lose. You. Unless we change our system into a system that is worthwhile. All right, we have uh, Bridge MCP says, most of these churches have huge sexual accusations with children and men with boys all the time. Evangelical movement, purity promises, no sex until marriage. Those girls were four times more likely to engage in anal sex and six times more likely to engage in oral sex. And, you know, again, you know, consequences, consequences. Melanie says, I lost my best friend on July 1st, raised upper middle class. He died poor and much too quickly. Sorry to hear about that, Melanie. Sorry to hear about that. Um, Paul Fleming says, I think we lost our Trumpists from the show today. No, maybe they're just too embarrassed to try to create a defense where there's no defense. Trish Robinson says, I also lost my best friend 10 years ago because she had no insurance and was ignored by the healthcare system. It was such a tragedy. Carl Cox, capitalism works only for the mega rich corporations, no one else. Yeah, that's true. Bridge MCP says, who remembers the movie Solvent Greens? A nightmarish futuristic fantasy about the controlling power of big corporation. And I don't remember the movie. I remember the name, but it's probably one that I need to see. Folks, it's on Prime Video for rent and, or buy $2.99. I just saw it on the list right here. So, um... Yeah, so it's on Prime Video. Let, let's see. Yeah, uh, para ver, para ver. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put a, give you guys a link to the video that uh, Solient Green, that Bridge MCP just brought for us. Let me get a link for it real quickly. Uh, bear with me one second. I'm going to get a link for Solient Green right now so that you can all go and see it. Okay, here is the link. Uh, to the movie that um, Bridge MCP was just talking about. Is that mm -hmm. it? Let me, I don't think, let me get it. Let me get a real link for it. Egberto, ¿qué es lo que te pasa? Tiene que encontrar ese link, hermano. Vamos a ver si lo puedo conseguir. Copy. And let's see if that's it. There is the link. Salient Green, folks. There it is. Bruce says, M. Shritten. What is that, Bruce? Um, I don't know what that is. Eric says, Bridge MCP not coming off that way. Melanie says, kind of too realistic. I'll take a look. Peggy Lopez says, spoiler alert. People were the food sold by the capitalists. Solian Green is a good one in the 1984 vein. Thank you, Bruce. We're coming close to the end of the show. Give me stuff that you want me to talk about real quick in three minutes. 
With what I didn't know was that Solent Green was set in the, the us. Oh, dystopian 2022. I didn't know that. I, I, well, I, I got to check out the movie and see what it's all about. Um, Michael Triton is a swear author. Thank you, brother, for clarifying. Anything else anybody wants to say before we close? Oh, I didn't do my ask today, did I? Oops. There we go. Here we go. Politics done right depends on you to keep doing what we do. What do we do? We make sure to keep, number one, the internet seated with blogs and information to counter the right and to present what progressives represent for the benefit of us all to everybody so that it's not misread, misled by any other entity. We make sure and populate that internet with blogs, with videos, with all these other things to make sure that we are informed and to counter everything that you normally hear that, that are lying at the right. We also make sure to create articles in, in magazines, articles in newspapers all around the country to ensure, again, that our message gets out there. Last but not least, we also write books. As you see it, Class Warfare, The Only Re Resort to Right-Wing Doom, How to Make America Utopia, are two of the many books that I've written on these issues. So please support us in one of many ways. Numero uno, you can support us at PayPal, either one time or monthly. Go to politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. You can support us on Patreon. That is politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. It's spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can support us by becoming a part of our YouTube channel, going to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, or you can support us in many other forms that you can find at politicsdoneright.com slash support. Be sure to visit our store, politicsdoneright.com slash store, and get our books at politicsdoneright.com. Hey, folks, we are in power failure mode right now. I hear the backup is about to go out. All the lights are out because we are having a power failure. Folks, we're having a power failure. I think I'm still transmitting. It seems like because we're in the backup power system here, but that's only going to last a few seconds. So what I want to say is thank you so kindly for being here. Thank you for that super chat, Bridge MCP. Thank you for that super chat. You guys are wonderful. I simply could not do this without you. I know these computers are going to go down in about in a few seconds. So my name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.